Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning to you, baseball fans. It is inside the clubhouse in the midst of spring training. And every score employee has taken at least one day out there in Arizona. Some of them were out there all week. Our Bruce Levine is out there all month. I am Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce. Good morning in Arizona. Bruce, how are you? Good morning, Matt. Yeah, it was a great week uh, for the score. Scorehouse uh, became a brand uh, here on the station and all over social media. It was tremendous fun here. I was hoping you could make it out, but I know you have other obligations. So uh, it was uh, fun to, to have the group down here uh, at Sloan and uh, all the, the great guests and the good times. Uh, you missed the mariachi, mariachi band as well as a magician. You know that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm aware of a, a whole world of stuff that I missed. Plus, you bringing baseball guests to the studio like four or five times a day, or, or to the booth, I should say. I, I mean, just about everybody was talked to this week, weren't they? Yeah, it was a great weekend. You know, we have the uh, Cubs' uh, great uh, media relations department to thank for uh, all that transport and all that uh, good relationship as well. We, we thank the Chicago Cubs. And by the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland. The checklist, the best deli, yes. The best restaurant, no doubt. The best bakery on the North Shore, indeed. Dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. feature full meals of roast beef, chicken, and the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. Bakery goods to dive for includes sugar cookies, mandel bread, home-baked bagels and bialis and rye bread, maxandbennies.com. Private party room and business meeting area, 10 to 150 people. Ask for John for catering at Max and Benny's at maxandbennies.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the... Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. And it is starting to get serious time here in Arizona, Matt, as um, we are getting close to the middle of March. And by March 28th, uh, the Cubs will open up in Texas. The Chicago White Sox will open up in Kansas City and baseball will begin. 312-644-6767 is the phone number if anybody wants to hop in. White Sox fans, Cub fans, lots of stuff to talk about with you. Steve Ciszek, the Cubs reliever, is going to join us later on. I know Alan Nero, the the agent for manager Joe Madden, is going to join us to talk about Joe, but also talk about other things in terms of the state of the game. Speaking of the state of game, we have weird rules changes coming to the Atlantic lead I want to talk about. With you, uh, Bruce, and also at the top of the next hour, we'll talk to somebody who played in Tom Terrific's 300th win, Tom Seaver's 300th win, and he's a voice that uh, that everybody knows here in town as well. 
His name is Azzy Guillen, and uh, he'll be joining us from Mexico, uh, with lines permitting, of course, uh, <laughs> at uh, 10 o'clock to talk about being a rookie uh, that year, Matt, playing in Tom Seaver's th- 300th win. And the tragic uh, news we heard this week is that Tom Seaver will no longer be uh, involved in public life. His family has uh, told the Hall of Fame to announce that Tom is dealing with dementia now and that uh, his career and uh, his path to uh, communication outside of his home and family is over with for now. So sad news, but a lot to celebrate and one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Uh, and we will talk to Ozzy about that. Yeah, 50th anniversary of the 1969 Amazing Mets. And um, they're doing a bunch of stuff in New York and they announced that that Seaver will not be there uh, to be a part of it. I it, I just was reading about him yesterday because as Justin Verlander is set to make his 11th opening day start, number one on that list is Tom Seaver with 16. 16 opening day starts, including one with the White Sox in 86 when he was 41 years old. And it's, so it, it's it's a remarkable career, as as folks know. But, uh, you know, it, a, a fairly memorable end to it here. And then with the Red Sox a little bit after he was here, I think, just for a moment. Yeah, it was it was an interesting way that he got to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Eddie Einhorn, his uh, co-partner at the time, had to do a lot of uh, convincing of Tom because Tom was – uh, adamant about not wanting to go at that time and uh, maybe even retiring at that point. So uh, he did not. They talked him into it, and uh, the 300th win came in 1985 at Yankee Stadium. We'll talk more about that. But uh, interesting here in the desert uh, yesterday, you Darvish in his third outing of the spring, Matt, and uh, he has uh, been uh, a great communicator both in Japanese and now in English this year, and for the first time, he admitted uh, when I asked him that um, last year was a struggle because of the fact that he wanted to and he felt he had to live up to the $126 million contract that the Chicago Cubs signed him to on February 12th of 2018. Yeah, we've got um, some sound to, yeah, to l- listen sure. to. Yeah, last year, I said the same thing. I don't feel any pressure, but definitely, you know, I was feeling the pressure. It's a big deal to live up to, no mm-hmm. matter how how good you are, right? Yeah. So yeah, I want to show the fans and you guys and teammates, you know, how good I am. So that's a you know hard part. So you, Darvish, who is this guy this year? This is this is this is a brand new human for the media to be covering, for fans to start to get to experience, for teammates to notice, for. Joe Madden to notice. This is uh, a guy not just self-aware about what went on last year, but uh, the comfort level is just completely different, and you're seeing a guy that, that nobody saw last year. Well, you're, you're right, Matt. And not only that, but showing a really uh, understanding of uh, slang in our country, a sense of humor with a sarcastic edge to it. <laughs> Uh, where he, he's, he's starting to break up uh, teammates and media people. You know, he might have a lounge show in Vegas before he leaves. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just remarkable uh, how much is, is is different with him. And we've talked about it a little, but everybody's noticing. Uh, John Lester was on the afternoon show yesterday or the other day and was talking about Darvish, and Lester can relate in terms of his first year as a free agent here in 2015. It's one of those things that's hard to describe to uh, to a you know, person that, is working nine to five and you know paycheck to paycheck and all that stuff and hey i get it i understand but yeah i mean you've every night you got 
35,000 people scream, screaming at you and you got all the other Cubs fans across the the country screaming at you to live up to your contract and you're trying to do that with every pitch you throw and uh you know sometimes you lose uh, sight of the process and what you're actually trying to do uh on the field so yeah been there done that but yeah he looks great and of course uh Joe Madden uh, talked uh you know a little later in the day Matt about the fact that uh he wasn't aware that uh, necessarily uh, Darvish was having problems because he didn't know the pitcher. I didn't know him enough to, to know. The, I just didn't know the guy enough to know that. I mean, we've been in through that before. I've been around guys uh, that have signed heavy contracts, and sometimes the weight uh, shows up. So I didn't know. I really didn't know. And I, didn't really nec- I didn't ask him that question straightforward. I don't know. That's, that's not an easy question to ask unless somebody was uh, willing to uh, share that with you. So... Um, him saying that, obviously, it's true, but I never, I just didn't know him well enough. I, 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 you could see something was wrong, not right. Uh, was it an injury? Was something bothering him? Um, or was it that? But I, when you're learning somebody for the first time, um, and especially a veteran player like him, um, I, I just didn't get that read. You know, people, Bruce, sometimes some of these guys are so so simple. They're, they're clear. They're easy reads there. You know exactly what buttons to push. You've managed guys like that before. And then sometimes you get a very complicated, multicultural, deeply intelligent and sensitive person like you, Darvish, in an uncomfortable position as he was last year. And you wish it was easier, but it's just not. These are human beings. It took them a little while, but I like this guy. I, I like this version of, of you. I'm, I'm happy to meet him this year. And Matt, if you were here watching him uh, as he threw a sim game instead of in a Cactus League game here at Sloan yesterday, mm-hmm. you would have liked him as well because he, he's pounding at 96-97. You know, that's not a guarantee. I mean, he, he did talk about, you know, uh, one of the reporters asked him after – this uh, four-inning stint here against uh, other Cub hitters in the Sim game, uh, whether or not, you know, he can predict that it's going to be a great year for him. And he said, you know, I can't predict I'm going to be healthy all year. He said, all I can do is uh, work from game to game and stay strong. And he he went into great detail how he was throwing as hard last spring, but that his body just didn't feel as strong as it does right now. So, Mm. After uh, this uh, cleanup with his elbow over the uh, winter and conditioning, I think mentally and physically you're going to be looking at the best you Darvish that uh, uh, you could possibly see. And two years away from Tommy John, maybe the Cubs really get what they paid for. Well, they'll need to. Um, but, I mean, the way he's talking about it, saying this is the best stuff of his life, he said at one point uh, in this week, that he's never – He's never had stuff like this. He, he, he doesn't feel. I, is it maybe it's the drunkenness of spring? And hell, I wasn't even at the the scorehouse. But <laughs> but but it's it's really feeling very very good to me. The way that they're talking about things, the way they're going about things there in Cubs camp. This is an immensely talented team, and if Darvish is. 80 to 90 percent of what he is capable of this year. And Cole Hamels is 90% as good as he was when he got here uh, after being the trade acquisition. And Chris Bryant, I, for one, have absolutely no doubt about what kind of hitter Chris Bryant is. He's going to resume being Chris Bryant. He's just going to pick up where he left off. This was, you know, so I really firmly believe that. 
And the pressure that's on these guys, a lot of it's self-imposed, but that feeling of reckoning as Theo keeps talking about it, I just, I got, I got a really good feeling, Bruce, and maybe I'm just spring drunk. Well, you could be, but, uh, you know, I, I think you're, you're looking at it with the right perspective. The, the only thing you don't know is, you know, we've talked about the guys that were injured and do have to come back. We don't know about the rest of the team and how that's going to transpire. Sure. You know, there are injuries. You know, you could lose player X, player Y, player Z that that were uh, 100% healthy last year. So mm-hmm. uh, the depth of the team is important. Uh, the, watching Chatwood throw, watching Montgomery throw, these are things that, you know, people don't think are important now that take on much bigger, uh, much bigger picture ideas later on when you do lose a starter or if somebody is ineffective mm-hmm. and you see uh, Chatwood waiting in the wings and you see that Montgomery has been one of the most important pitchers for the Cubs over the last two years because of his versatility of being able to throw out of the pen and then within a very short period of time coming in and throwing quality innings as a starter. That, that type of depth I don't think anybody else has in baseball right now where you can go uh, possibly seven deep and, and have experienced pitchers who have pitched in in huge games and yeah. won championships and and they're available for you. Yeah, Bruce and and you've got you've got things like Jose Quintana settling in as the number 5 guy. And I know you wanted better from him than perhaps you have seen and you traded Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease and that part doesn't feel great and you had to go out and get Hamels and then this Darvish and everything. But either way, Jose Quintana is your five at this point. It's, uh, as you say, it is a remarkable level of depth and the questions are, are, are bullpen and just it, it, in general, the offense kind of writing itself after what happened in the second half of last year. But boy, they've made a ton of internal changes that they believe are going to pay dividends and I'm starting to buy it. I don't know too many teams that have a fifth starter if indeed Quintana is slotted five that won 13 games last year. So uh, that, that, is, that is pretty heady stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and again, th- we've talked about it numerous times, Matt. Uh, they might not be the sexiest five in baseball, but it looks like the deepest five in baseball when you, when you go one through five and you, you see what they've uh, accomplished in the past. So, again, keeping them on the field. Hamels goes today against the Giants in Scottsdale. Um, they have uh, all looked pretty good so far, um, working on different pitches. But again, health out of spring training is number one for both the White Sox and Cubs. We'll talk to Steve Ciszek at the bottom of the hour, Bruce. But there's there's something fabulous about the egolessness of Pedro Strope, um, who is one of the more underrated relievers in baseball, really, when you look at the numbers and, and what he has done. Uh, it, it's remarkable. But Joe Madden doesn't have to bother to name a closer. He doesn't have to bother. You know how, I mean, you've seen this your whole career, Bruce, where some guys, if they're going to be given the ninth, they need to know that it's coming. They need that role defined. And and, and Pedro doesn't, he doesn't change whether you put him in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth. So not having to anoint him officially lets Joe kind of keep things uh, loose and a little bit more undefined and therefore completely flexible and everyone on their toes in a way that he's always liked to do strope really gives them a nice opportunity in that way matt it, it reminds me of Oct- octavio dotel you remember him he pitched for 13 teams yep and and it was a closer for maybe two or three of them the rest of the time he was an outstanding setup guy and just a loosey-goosey guy a team favorite everywhere he went uh, just showed up and and just gave you the same stuff no matter what role you're in and that that indeed is is what you're pointing to in uh 
Pedro Strope, who is, is, like you said, maybe one of the most undervalued players in the game, certainly on the Cubs, uh, who uh, you, you give him a, a role and, and he, he just does it. So mm-hmm. we, we always talk about that great Arietta trade with Baltimore and, um, you know, getting him and what he did. Uh, how about a Strope and what he's done since 2014 when being acquired? Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's a scouting win and a, and, a, and, a, and a development win, but also Strope's personality, which, uh, you know, I think most folks know by now is just is so fun-loving and absolutely beloved by every facet of that team. Strope now has pitched in at least 50 games with an ERA under three in five seasons. And he is the only pitcher in Cubs history to do that. Bruce Suter had done it in four seasons, but now Strope is the only guy. Five years, at least 50 games, and an ERA under three. That's solid stuff. Jake Soratka was the scout who uh, recommended that trade for the Chicago Cubs, still with the Cubs. Hmm. And uh, and what a recommendation that was, because that, that was not only an altering uh, situation for the rebuild, but it – it ended up with uh, two important keys to the world championship team. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. 670, the score is where you are. I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. This hour is brought to you by Honda CRV. Search ContinentalHonda.com for the continental difference. Uh, news out of White Sox camp. A lot of Eloy love. Um, and it seems to be a lot of... A lot of kind of trying to refocus on where they are in the rebuild and the general sense of optimism that ought to be here and was sidelined by the uh, the free agent chase that had gone awry. Seems like they're refocused. I I don't even remember that. What (laughs) were they after? I'll send you a I'll send you a synopsis. A few dozen articles. I don't know. Would you think you and I would argue about uh, the result? I don't know. I I, I wouldn't call it arguing, Bruce. I would call it passionate, comfortable disagreement. but it sounds like a, a very respectful argument to me. <laughs> well, I'd like I, to I argue. Enjoy, see, I, like I enjoy to... the lively art of conversation. Oh, sure. It gets to the point of argument, but is always with respect on the other on, on the other side. I take issue with the idea that we were respectful. Uh, that well, I'd, li- I'd I'll like to argue, argue that point with you right now. All freaking day, I'd like to argue that. But uh, <laughs> um, White Sox have general optimism. Salute. Uh, going on over there, Are people kind of settling in. I know Michael Kopech yeah, threw I, a little I mean, bit this it, week. It's, well, it, it's it's a it's an, a good camp, you know. That again, it's it's understated because of the fact there there's a lot of new players in there. White Sox fans are going to have trouble wrapping their heads around who is there for the short term, who is there for the long term. Um, certainly, waiting for Jimenez to show up the second week of or third week of April, depending on when they decide to bring him up is going to be the uh, focal point of the fan base and uh, looking toward the rebuild. But the uh, resurgence of Mankata, now a third baseman, is going to be interesting. Anderson has just been lighting up, uh, you know, the Cactus League here. Not that you put a lot of credence into how much a guy hits here, but mm-hmm. if you look at his work uh, in the second half on defense last year and the totality of the uh, 20 homers and the 20 stolen bases uh, never done before by a a White Sox shortstop, you you have a uh, possible star in the making still at shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk to you guys at 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011. Steve Ciszek later on, Ozzie Gian and Joe Madden's agent, Alan Nero. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score.
Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel in Chicago. Bruce Levine out there in Arizona all month long, hanging out at both ballparks, talking to both ball clubs. And you were mentioning one of the um, one of the enjoyable stories out of Sox camp is the continued development of Tim Anderson. Our guy Ron on the south side has called up and wants to talk about Tim Anderson. What's up, Ron? Good morning. Hey, yeah, Bruce. I tell you, you hit it right on the head. Been waiting to talk to you about this uh, for the last few days. Uh, but, but real quick, it's not so much his offensive numbers, but guys, I read maybe over a week ago that Tim Anderson said that. Uh, up until this up to this point that he was playing shortstop athletically and that he was really now trying to focus on it. And, and I thought that was very, very important. We know the importance of that position. So I'm really looking forward to him. We hear about Lloyd him and everybody. Guys, I'm really looking forward to the continued development of uh, Tim Anderson. He has a chance to be the best uh, offense and defensive player that we have, you know, two-way player. That's so uh, and again, he's a key. He he was big a big part of the uh, rebuild. So I guess you all can tell I'm really kind of excited about uh, seeing Tim Manson. Thanks, guys. Ron and, Ron and Matt, uh, you know the the other part of it that we have not talked about is the leadership and the feistiness that he showed last year. Yep, sliding hard into bases when the team is down six or seven runs, uh, kind of annoying other teams, other teams' managers because he refused to play at a pace that was predicted by the score of the game that he was going to play hard all the time. And uh, I enjoyed it. I, I'm a fan of that. I mean, I'm not a fan of dirty play. I'm a fan of uh, players playing hard all the time and trying to get back into games that are maybe even seven or eight runs uh, down. I, I just like that that mentality, and, and I like uh, the leadership that it shows in Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, at 25, has already been through a lot in his young life, um, including the the death of a very close friend uh, after a shooting that that, that, that Tim has, has now processed and, and, and found a way to partner with uh, Youth Guidance, which does uh, incredible work throughout this city. Tim Anderson's group of leaders, or sorry, his league of leaders that, that meets frequently. He's, he's gone through a lot, and that's why something like the threat of Manny Machado coming to take his position was easy for him to volley off comfortably and loudly. I, you know, he's, he's. I was not aware the Sox were interested in Manny Machado. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bruce, but I, I would have. We, we could have argued about it on any number of previous I shows. Call it, uh, I call it just uh, having a difference of opinion, not arguing. Well, again, I think it's ridiculous that you call it that, and I'd like to argue with you about your inability you to call ridiculous? it an argument. Well, you, you know exactly what I mean, Bruce. But, you know, Tim Anderson's got a real chance to be the vocal leader and kind of face uh, in a lot of ways of, uh, of that clubhouse, especially from the positional player perspective. Yeah, and he's just, as, as we're talking about, he's just getting the idea of being a baseball player after changing sports, being drafted, and, uh, you know, a pretty quick ascension to the major leagues. Uh, but really – the uh, routine play has been uh, very difficult for him to uh, to to really get a, a sense of doing it. The athletic play was much easier, and now he's he's starting to come around in that as well. Yeah, ten errors in his first forty-two games, but then ten errors over the final one hundred and one. But that's 
that's a position player. We know what the most important position is in, in baseball. It's, it's reliever. It's a guy who's going to be able to get out there and, and pitch for you, what, 70 times a year, 80 times a year, as it many as you like need. It sounds like a segue that you're, uh, you're throwing out there. He is Steve Ciszek, kind enough to join us here on Inside the Clubhouse, the Cubs reliever. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, Steve, uh, you know, uh, Pedro Strope, you, uh, some of the other veterans on that team, are going to have numerous roles uh, this year, according to uh, Joe Madden. That's nothing new for you. You've done just about everything except uh, take out the garbage from the uh, from the from the bullpen there. How do you look at um, roles for relievers, and and was it ever important for you to know what your role is? Because certainly, over the last four or five years, at the very least, you you pitched in numerous roles. Yeah, you know, early on, um, to me, it didn't matter. You know, I was, you know, just happy to be up. But then once you get past that stage um, and you start getting to more, you know, high leverage roles, you start, you know, getting to used to those situations. And, you know, when I was closing with Miami and then I stopped closing, it was kind of hard to make that transition back to, you know, a bridge the gap type of reliever. Um, so finally, you know, when I got back from, you know, and this is in Seattle even, when I got out of surgery, rehabbed everything and came back, I was just, um, had a different mindset to treat every inning like it was a safe situation. And that helped me, you know, pass the baton to the next guy, so to speak, you know, put up a zero, you know, now it's the next guy's turn to put up a zero until it goes down the line to our closers, you know, time to come in and shut the door. You know, right now, um, there will not be a defined closer. This is something that, I, that I've kind of always wondered how, how much it could work these days in baseball. And Joe Madden has tinkered with this in years in Tampa in the past. And some guys need that defined role. But the way that you talk about it, the maturity level you've reached, along with Pedro Strope and others, it seems like most of you guys are going to be okay without you know, knowing exactly when you're going to come in. You think you, think you guys will be okay with that? Yeah, I think we all know how to handle that. I mean, there's a, lot, a bunch of us have had closers, you know, closers experience, um, and we even have you know guys that have the stuff to be a closer, anyways. So I think at that point it just becomes you know matchups. You know, what's the best matchup? You know, late in the ball game, and uh, you know, obviously that's what Joe did last year. Um, and you, you know, you got to go with your hot hand too. And Stropey was the hot hand last year. He did a phenomenal job. So. Um, you know, whoever it is, you know, we'll be ready. Whatever inning it is, we just all got to treat it like a, like I said, a safe situation. What is it about the ninth, other than the fact that you're going to see the very best, and we know that the end result is either a win, a tie, or a loss? What is it that that impacts uh, people to be able to do that job or not? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on line. I was, uh, you know, we always talk about this stuff, and um, you know. It's just such an adrenaline rush when you go out there. You know, the game, it's up to you to be able to close it out so you can secure a win for the team, get your starting pitcher or whoever a win in the column. You know, that affects their stats for their career. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of things that are on the line, and it all comes down to you executing your pitches and uh, relying on the defense behind you, of course. And uh, there's, there's no other feeling than going out there, getting the job done for the guys, coming in, celebrating with the team, knowing that you had a, a large hand in winning that ball game, then you get to do it again and again, um, you know, hopefully with success. And like I said, there's no better feeling in, in the baseball world for me just to be able to do something like that. Um, but then on the downside, it is no worse feeling when it doesn't work out. So you got to have a short memory, just forget about it because you're going to be called upon again to do it. So, 
Steve, does adrenaline help you uh, as a pitcher? I I know a lot of times for hitters, it's like you've got to channel that excitement and remain calm. It's kind of that reverse mental process that baseball demands rather than a lot of other sports. How about for you in terms of adrenaline? Yeah, I have to have adrenaline. If I don't, then I'm pretty much worthless out there. (laughs) So, like, every, every day I'm out there, you know, firing myself up, visualizing what I'm about to do to... Uh, the hitters that are coming up, if it's my you know chance to get in, and I'm um, just thinking about success, just trying to get that blood flowing, um, and like I said, get fired up. So I, when I go out there, everything comes out of my hands free and easy. I'm not forcing it, because that's another thing too. When you have adrenaline and everything's free and easy, and you're, it's easier to pitch. It's easier to drive your fastball down in the zone, you know. And, and then the next day, I actually typically feel better because the I wasn't forcing the issue. I wasn't forcing myself to throw as hard as I can. It was just coming out naturally. Um, so there's, so there's a lot of things that adrenaline does for you when you when you get out there. All right. Well, here's something I've never asked an athlete, but you know I, I'm comfortable asking you because it's not anything that's going to jeopardize you. But caffeine, yes or no, and how have you seen caffeine impact? You know, from time to time, your your uh, results from all the years that you've pitched. I know. Red Bull has helped, you know, a lot of uh, pitchers. Sometimes it dehydrates guys and, and it takes away from them. So what, what what's your experience been like? Yeah, I, I do. I consume caffeine. Uh, you know, early on in my career, you know, I didn't really have to as much, but it's a long season, uh, especially with a lot of the day games we play. You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I overload it. I'd probably drink like a cup of coffee in the morning and a Red Bull during the game, and that's it. Um, to a point where it even becomes like – you don't even doesn't even really affect you after a while because your body's so used to it. But um, for me, it's just one of my it's just part of my routine is like having a social cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I'll have a Red Bull during the game, and I feel like it kind of helps me. You know, just get the blood flowing again. So I'll drink that, and I'll get moving around, you know, do a couple things to stretch, get my body loose, um, and then I start locking it in right after that. And so yeah, I think it, it it definitely helps to play you know a role. Just as long as you don't do too much, because you don't want to go out there like jittery. So you got to kind of find that like happy medium there. Do you uh, do you have that cup of coffee and your your Steve Sheck uh, Steve C Sheck locker room edition of the Lumberland uh, mug? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I I I, I, got, I I got one of those, um, and it's it's quite delicious for coffee or for wine. Frankly, it's good for a lot of things. The Lumberland yeah. mug. Yeah, I mean it's great. You know, hot or cold beverages. You know, I, <laughs> I I like drinking. We have a nitro cold brew machine. If it's if it's like a hot day in the summer, uh, you know, in the locker room, I'll, I'll drink one of those. And every <laughs> I, I did have it in my mug last year. It kind of became part of my routine. Um, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs little one I had, and um, so it was pretty cool. Um, definitely, definitely a great thing to have. That, uh, that's hilarious. The nitro cold brew machine. That's dangerous though. Cause if you treat that like water before you know it, you've had like 10 cups of coffee. So, oh yeah, no, yeah, definitely. You have definitely a, uh, you have a website, you have a website, Steve, that you can, uh, people can uh, go out there and look at that great product that you and your partner have. Yeah. Lumberland.com. Um, I mean, you just type in Google Lumberland and it's the first thing that pops up. Um, they have all, all sorts of different uh, options to choose from now. And there's going to be some new uh, exciting prototypes coming out uh, that I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. So uh, you just have to check it out in a couple of weeks where I, I had to send a couple of bats in um, to get looked at. So there's a little clue, but uh, hmm. they're going to have some new things coming out. It's going to be exciting uh, for guys for like, you know, bats with momentum, you know, 
it's like a little memento, you know, big hit or something like that. They're, they're going to be able to do some extra cool things. So check it out. Check out the website when you get a chance. And, uh, yeah, they're pretty sweet gifts. Lumberland.com. Um, L-E-N-D, yeah. Got it. it, 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 it Steve, I, uh, what are you guys going to do in the bullpen this year if you can't watch the game in real time? This is a new Major League Baseball uh, mandate that all TV monitors available to players and coaches are going to be on an eight-second delay uh, and that includes in the bullpen. How will you know when to dance? And do you think you guys will end up sitting in those chairs uh, the, uh, in, on the other side of the window where you don't usually sit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a it's a super bummer for us. I mean, it's tough. We uh, it's this one way glass. If you if you're not familiar, you know, for those that are listening, uh, one way glass. We look out, but at nighttime especially. Um, it's really tough to see out the glass, um, see what's going on. And you can't really hear fan noise or anything too much in there. So we rely on the TVs to be, you know, real time uh, so we can, like, watch the game as it's going, obviously. So well, you the know delay what? is really going to throw us off, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> there's got to be something we can do about that, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you're going to have to listen to Pat and Ron on the score because <laughs> there'll be a way <laughs> where uh, that is not illegal to listen to, and uh, they can make sure you don't have a delay on that. That's a good point. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we did, you know, throw the radio on there. We do have speakers and a radio in there. So, um, yeah, that's actually a great idea. I'm going to suggest that to the guys. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, uh, in closing with you, Steve, when you, um, you're you coming back from a season where you literally pitched in every other game all year long. You pitched 80 times last year. You know, uh, it's an incredible number. How does your body – shut down and how do you repair over the next season and come back with the same type of stuff i mean it's it's an, it's kind of an amazing number the the amount of uh, innings and games that you've pitched in over your career is amazing in itself thanks um you know it's it's all about for me you know what i do in between the games and then off season's huge for me so for instance you know this off season you know i took a week and a half off from lifting weights, uh, just had my time to kind of chill out, uh, eat a lot of ice cream, <laughs> stuff like that, just vegged out. And after that week and a half, I got I go after it hard in the weight room. You know, it may not look like it, but uh, I just I do. I, I make sure that I prepare for the next season, for the for the next workload that I'm about to face, whatever it may be. Um, and then during the season, I uh, make sure I stick to a you know pretty strict routine in the weight room too, and and also taking care of my tissue, you know, soft tissue work, you know, making sure my shoulders are maintaining their strength. Um, so I go like two days on workout, two days off, two days on in the gym, two days off lifting weights after the game, no matter what. Um, so it's a, I'm, I'm pretty strict with it. I feel like it gives me the best opportunity to be, to be available and to be healthy for the season. So it's worked for me this far. I'm just going to continue to stick with it. We appreciate your time, Steve, as always. Uh, keep up the great work. It's been uh, fun watching you guys and the new resolve of the Chicago Cubs uh, to get back and win a world championship, even though uh, 95 wins isn't too uh, – that's not too shabby. So uh, yeah. keep up keep up the great work, and uh, Matt and I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Steve. It's Steve Ciszek of the Cubs. Only Brad Ziegler of the Diamondbacks had more appearances last year, Bruce, in the National League. 82. 80 games uh, for Ciszek. And, and I remember him talking late in the season and 
I think once in the off season um, with 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 you, uh, Bruce, about how just a little bit of sharpness on some of the breaking stuff is what goes away. Not necessarily mile per hour, but just a little bit of a cut, a little bit of a bite on the breaking stuff. And that's you know that's kind of the amazing thing as we watch this off season, and Craig. Kimbrell, one of the great closers in history at this point, not get a contract offer uh, because of having a poor playoff uh, season at the end, in particular during the World Series. All of a sudden, the, the tremendous work that he's done, and it's it's kind of a Hall of Fame career uh, with, with just a few more years to go before he will be one of those guys, uh, kind of just looked at as not quite good enough to get that Three, four, five, six years. He started at wanting six years. He's now waiting on March the 9th of 2018 without a 19, rather, without a team. And, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about attrition for a reliever at the end of a season. You know, this guy is suffering from it right now. 670 the score is what you're listening to. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse. Ozzie Guillen at the top of the hour on, among other things, Tom Seaver and the 300th win that Ozzie was a part of. Keep it right here on 670 the score. It is 670 the score. It's inside the clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. Going to talk to Ozzie Guillen in a few minutes, Bruce. But, man, these rule changes coming to the Atlantic League, the Independent League, as MLB has partnered with the Independent League to try and and tinker with the game a little bit and see what the effects are. I love that they're doing this. Here's a little league. Uh, You guys try these things. But, man, there's a lot of them, and some of them are really interesting. Yeah, well, it's uh, the right right place to experiment in uh, this – Atlantic uh, League and uh, the fact that we'll start with home plate assisted uh, calling balls and strikes by TrackMan radar tracking system. Mm-hmm. No mound visits permitted by players or coaches other than pitching changes or medical issues. Pitchers must face a minimum of three batters or reach the end of an inning before they exit the game unless the pitcher becomes injured. Increase the size of first, second, and third base from 15 inches square to 18 inches square. Mm-hmm. Require two infielders to be on each side of second base when a pitch is released. Uh, and then in parentheses, if not, the ball is dead and the umpire shall call a ball. Hmm. Time between innings and pitching changes reduced from 205 to 145. Distance from pitching rubber to home plate extends 24 inches in the second half of the season only <laughs> with no change to the mound height or slope. That's, that's going to be tough on pitching. Well, that's the one that fascinates me because we've just debated a lot of the others and they'll play around with the track man to see if robot umps is a, is a thing that they want to go do. And We've talked about a lot of these, but moving the mound back 24 inches – and only in the second half of this season is is weird. But, you know, this is a game. They did that in the late 1800s every year. Like, they, they move every few years, they would move it back a few feet, trying to find that perfect uh, distance. What's really interesting to balls in play, more activity, 
That's what we're looking for. These other stuff about pace and about length and stuff like that, some of it doesn't mean as much to me. But increasing balls in play, an extra two feet ought to increase some balls in play. But it really screws with the timing that guys have had their whole lives. What about their arms? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, Bruce. I this know, is, you're you're messing with the mechanics. And I, I, how dangerous is it for pitchers to have to give two extra feet now? Yeah, th- that's the, to me, that's the one that is the most insidious uh, most likely to to impact pitchers and uh, the first time somebody loses a pitcher uh, with injury and they point to the reason being this uh, extra 24 inches that they're throwing from uh, to me that that one gets thrown out pretty quickly Hmm. I think I think that's just that's just too much for what how guys have been raised throwing uh, from where they're at right now and you know, it's it just fundamentally is not functional for me. Well, you know, they lowered the mound in 69, and I've always wondered what kind of effect that has had on pitchers' mechanics and injuries and, and even the stuff that is feasible to throw uh, every five days for a pitcher, what effect that had, and what an extra two feet would do. Um, to the pitchers is fascinating as you talk about. I, I just I, I wonder from everybody's perspective, from the hitter's perspective, do you have to get used to the timing all new, or does your eye and, and your body just adjust quickly? Well, the next part, uh, they didn't put this in here, but the next part is that they, the pitcher has to tell the hitter what he's throwing. Uh huh. Just to be nice and clear. And uh, if he wants it underhand, he can get it uh, thrown underhand. Wow. What a grumpy man Bruce Levine is. I know. Aren't I? Yes. Aren't I? Too bad you're, you're, you know, you're, you're the latest experiment with me. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, many, many people have tried and most of them have said, no, thank you. How long do you give me, Bruce? How long I don't know. Do you give I me? mean, everyone has gone off to do better. Much better. Oh, so, uh, all right. So I, I, th- I think it's it's a it's a good it's a good point for you right now. And the shorter time you have to spend with me, the better for you. All right, outstanding. I'm Matt Spiegel. I'm just here as a springboard to better things. He's Bruce Levine, and he's the host of Inside the Clubhouse. We'll come back and talk to Ozzy Gian uh, next, right here on 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.